0: When Four Weddings and a Funeral was released in the spring of 1994, its success came as a surprise to just about everyone involved. Shot in little over one month on a shoestring budget of $4.3 million, its writer Richard Curtis had but one film credit to his name, The Tall Guy, which had earned a tiny amount at the box office. What Curtis did have, however, was a track record on TV. Not the Nine O'Clock News, Blackadder and Mr. Bean, amongst others. But writing skits and 30-minute episodes for television is a discipline far removed from the two-hour, three-act structure demanded for cinema. Likewise, the film's male lead was a relatively small-known English actor named Hugh Grant, who had hitherto played supporting roles in big films, or big roles in forgettable ones. But the fact that the script called for an American actress to play the female lead tells us everything about the intentions of the film's production company, Working Title.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to drag you from your delicious desserts. Uh, there are just one or two little things I feel I should say as best man. This is only the, the second time I've, I've ever been a best man. I, I hope I did the job all right that time. The couple in question are at least still talking to me. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're not actually um, talking to each other. The, the, the divorce c- came through a couple of months ago. Uh,
0: I mention working title because at the time, While they had enjoyed moderate success with some British pictures, they had thus far struggled to crack the international market. An indication as to their ambitions can be seen in the fact that Four Weddings was released in the US a full two months before it opened in Britain. Almost everything about the film was geared to sell a brand of Britannia across the Atlantic rather than pander to the punters back home. But in trying to do so, working title almost lost sight of what they had, a crowd-pleasing film with many selling points not least of which was a brilliant title how brilliant it is poetic say it four weddings and a funeral with the repetition of the f the three syllables at the start balanced by the three syllables at the end it is rhythm pattern and melody plus it doesn't just declare the plot by contrasting between the weddings and the funeral it announces itself as a comedy moreover four weddings and a funeral translates so perfectly into every language it is to the rom-com what halloween is to horror and Star Wars is to sci-fi. Oh, hello. Hi.
1: Oh, uh, you want one of these? Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> i <hi>, Charles. <laughs> oh yeah, John. How are you? How are you? Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is um. Carrie. Carrie. Delighted. I'm John. Hi, John. <laughs> so, John, how's that, how's that gorgeous girlfriend of yours? Oh, uh, she's no longer my girlfriend. Ah, dear. Still, I wouldn't get too gloomy about it. Rumor has it she never stopped bonking old Toby Delisle just in case you didn't work out. She is now my wife.
0: But for all its succinctness, rhythm and melody, market research said the title didn't work. Having test-screened the film to American audiences, the distributors declared they could not be expected to sell a movie when men don't like weddings and who likes funerals anyway? So, working title began, well, working on a new title. You ready? Taking the Plunge. Marriage Blues, Bachelor Blues, The Course of True Love, Inviting Companions, In Love in England. Have you had enough? Try these without retching. Charles and Chums, Tailcoats and Confetti, Girls in Big White Dresses, Toffs in Heat, Nuptials and Nightcaps. But there's more. Go into the chapel. The Last Bachelor, A Tale of Rings and Other Things, The Wedding Season. Then they thought of the Best Man, which might have worked, only it had already been used in the 1960s. Funnily enough, that picture, starring Henry Fonda, had nothing at all to do with weddings, but was about a U.S. presidential race, all of which brought working title back to square one.
1: Well, first one, of course, not easily forgotten. It's kind of nice. Two, Harry back. Three, four, five, six. Six was on my birthday, in my parents' room. Which birthday? Seventeenth. Oh, but we've only reached 17. Well, oh, you know, I grew up in the country, lots of rolling around in haystacks. Okay, seven, mm, eight, unfortunately. It's quite a shock.
0: Now, that exchange may seem tame by today's standards, but cast your mind back to 1994 and you will find a rather different sexual landscape certainly insofar as the representation of women in cinema is concerned. It was highly unusual for a woman to be more sexually experienced than a man. And in that respect, the man in this scenario is the more traditional woman. While Carrie has had 33 lovers, Charlie is miles behind with just eight. And in keeping with that, for a time at least, Hugh Grant played men who were emotionally closer to traditional depictions of women than they were to the contemporary male. Think about it. Hugh Grant has never been in an action film, he's never fired a gun, and about the most dangerous thing he's ever carried is a book. Look at Notting Hill.
1: Oh, shit, bugger. God. I'm so
0: sorry, I'm so sorry.
1: Here, let me. Uh, get your hands off. I'm really sorry. I, I live just over the street. I have um, water and soap. You can get cleaned up. No, thank you, I just need to get my car back. I also have a phone. I'm confident that in five minutes we can have you spick and span and back on the street again. In the non-prostitute sense, obviously. All right, well, what do you mean just over the street? Give it to me in the yards. Uh, 18 yards. That's my house there with the blue front door.
0: Again, the active agent in that story is an American woman this time the global superstar Anna Scott played by Julia Roberts. By contrast, Hugh Grant's Will Thacker is a modest 30-something owner of a small bookshop. Again, Grant stumbles and stutters his way through a series of encounters, always trying to scale the confident heights that Anna Scott seems to possess. That is, until Will realises that underneath it all, Anna is just as vulnerable as he is. And that's the key to Hugh Grant's screen persona. Self-deprecating charm, shielding, tender insecurity. Okay. Let's have a look at a third Hugh Grant picture about a boy. Yeah, we'll hear.
1: It's Marcus. Pardon? It's Marcus. Marcus? I'm oh, Marcus. Hi. How would you um, get my number? From Susie. I thought you'd like to take me out for the day on Saturday. And why did you think that, Marcus? Susie said we hit it off. Did she? Yeah, and you said see you soon. Said what? See you soon. The night you dropped us off, remember? You said see you soon. Well, okay, um, this is soon all right, Marcus. Thing is, mate, my life's really kind of hectic just at the moment, so... Why? I thought you did nothing.
0: Here he plays Will Freeman, who finally becomes a real man when he learns what it is like to be a woman single-handedly raising a child. And that, I think, will be Hugh Grant's legacy. In merely three films, he gently created a new male screen presence. Foppish, but not fake. Not manly, but boyish. Funny, but quite shy. Debonair, but not overconfident.
1: I just wondered if by any chance, um, uh, I mean, obviously not because I'm just some kid who's only slept with nine people, but I I just wondered, uh, I really feel, um, uh, in short, uh, to recap in a slightly clearer version, uh, in the words of David Cassidy, in fact, while he was still with the Partridge family. Uh, I think I love you.
0: But let's get back to that London cafe where Andy McDowell detailed her character's sexcapades. By having Carrie list off and then grade her 33 lovers, Curtis's script not only demolished a sacred rule of the rom-com, the upright female, it also recalled the 1930s screwball comedies where the woman was just as quick-witted, adventurous and capable as the man. Let's compare the romantic drama with the action genre. I say this because, for all its kick-ass fare, the action genre repeatedly fails to match the romantic drama in terms of gender equality. Time and again, women in action films mimic not only the physical actions of their male counterparts, but also their emotional behaviour. And while they may be physically agile, when it comes to articulating emotions, they're equally inert. And let's face it, action movies are so far removed from the real world, if you want to see a more accurate reflection of where we are as a culture, Look to the romantic comedy. Of course, Curtis's script is not the first one centred around the matrimonial ceremony. You could go back to the 1950s with Vincente Minnelli's Father of the Bride, the 1940s with Preston Sturgis' The Palm Beach Story, and then to the 1930s with Frank Capper's It Happened One Night. But since Hugh Grant quoted David Cassidy and stumbled his way into Andy McDowell's heart, we've been invited to Mural's Wedding, My Best Friend's Wedding, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and not to mention a monsoon wedding. Along the way, we've met the wedding singer. He was pretty funny. And we hired the wedding planner, but she was disastrous. I mean, she couldn't even keep out these guys.
1: For longer than I care to remember, my business has been crashing weddings. I crash weddings to meet girls. Business was good. I met a lot of girls. And it was childish. It was juvenile. Empathetic. pathetic. Yeah. That's probably the best word to describe it. But you know what? It also led me to you. So it's hard
0: for me to completely regret it. And that's not to mention these girls.
1: Lillian. I don't I don't know what to say. You look no. no. Megan, are you okay? Oh. No. Oh. I think my dress was probably just tight. Oh my god. You got food poisoning from that restaurant, didn't you? No, I had the same thing that she had, and I I, feel fine. (coughs) Oh, my. Okay. Oh, no. (laughs) Nothing's happening. Oh, my God. You know, I don't really care which dress
0: we get. It doesn't matter to me. I just need to get off this white carpet. No, okay.
1: No, not the bathroom. Everybody, go outside!
0: Now, I mentioned Working Title, the production company behind the movie. Well, the driving force behind Working Title are Tim Bevan and Eric Fellner. And since Four Weddings, they have most certainly cracked the international market. Just consider these films. Fargo, Elizabeth, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, High Fidelity, Bridget Jones's Diary, Billy Elliot, Love Actually, Shaun of the Dead, Pride and Prejudice, United 93, Atonement, Burn After Reading, Frost Nixon, Senna, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy and Les Miserables. All told, Bevan and Fellner's movies have earned 55 Academy Award nominations and won 7 Oscars. Not only that, but their box office receipts from around the globe total more than $5.5 billion. How's that for a wedding?